Before we start this podcast, I want to definitely remind you of a sponsor for Fresh of the Word, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest. In a world of wrestling where there's hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads, don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. So if you'd like to discuss a possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or even Zubaz, then drop them a line at 20by20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20apparel.com. And also check out their enamel pin line. It's super cool. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yell about it though. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grindin' shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kids, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And the guest for this episode is Teresa Thorne, co-host of the Parenting Humor podcast, One Bad Mother, and the co-author of You're Doing a Great Job, 100 Ways You're Winning at Parenting. Teresa also wrote her first book for children, It Feels Good to Be Yourself, a book about gender identity, with illustrations by Noah Garigny. It's a straightforward exploration into gender identity to give children a fuller understanding of themselves and others. As I detailed in a recent essay about discovering my own identity, where you can uh, read it at freshesthepodcast.com, Teresa's recent appearance on Alison Rosen's podcast telling her her own journey about her transgender daughter that inspired her to write this book was also the final piece of the puzzle that I needed to understand myself. During this episode, we talk about her book, her podcast, gender identity, and how she helped me figure out my own identity. So without further ado, let's get into this interview with Teresa Thorne. First came across you when you were, uh, appearance, your appearance on Allison Rosen's podcast, and I just loved the story that you uh, talked about, about your daughter you know, in uh, discovering her uh, her gender identity, and it just like was it was just a beautiful story, and it was very it was it was very. I just loved how you you just even told it, you know. And so I went out and I actually bought the bought your uh, your latest book. And it feels good to be yourself, a book about gender identity, and I was just and I just finally got around to reading it just before we chatted. And 
I love that you just put it all into these simple, clear terms. And, and I was like, wow, this is like, all these stories are just, just make it so beautiful to go through that, you know, process of, uh, of, of really, you know, finding yourself. So, you know, talk about the, the book and your experience. Sure. Um, well, thanks. And thanks for buying the book. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really happy with the book, the way that it turned out. It came out in June. Um, I have a wonderful illustrator who I was working with, Noah Greeny, who is themselves a uh, transgender, non-binary illustrator. Um, and they just brought so much to the book. Um, so I was really happy to be able to collaborate with them on the book. Um, but yeah, basically, um, I have three kids and my oldest child, who is now eight, um, is a transgender girl. Uh, and she uh, began the process of coming out and socially transitioning to um, live as her authentic self about three years ago when she was a five-year-old um, in kindergarten. And in the process of, as a cisgender person myself, in the process of learning and supporting my daughter through all of that um, and the journey with her, I just found so many opportunities where friends and family um, and people in the community and at the school were really welcoming and supportive and really wanted to be having these conversations about gender um, in their own homes. And also at the same time, a lot of folks, cisgender folks who just really didn't know how to have those conversations or they wanted to, but they just were a little nervous and worried they were going to say the wrong thing or worried that they didn't know how to explain it to a child in a way that a child could understand and it's just funny because I think we, when it's not our own experience, we have a way of overthinking these things that yeah. really complicates it in our own mind. Um, and what I found, once I kind of learned more and got to know how my daughter was feeling, and I began having these conversations with my family and my other child who was two or two three at the time, was that when we take away all of our baggage that we have as adults around this topic, <laughs> it's actually pretty straightforward and easy to talk about. Yeah. Um, and so that was very freeing for me in my own home to be able to have those conversations. Um, and then I just felt, Hey, you know, this is something that could help other people too. Um, we can, I can put this down in a book and maybe kind of just show other parents and teachers and people who want to learn about this topic and have these conversations with kids that it's actually pretty easy to have these conversations. And when kids understand gender and how gender identity works, they totally get it. They get it right away. Right. <laughs> and it's really cool because regardless of how they're feeling, you know, maybe they do feel cisgender and meaning they align with the sex assigned at birth. They, you know, maybe... You know, when they were born, people thought they were a girl and maybe they feel like a girl, uh, but still having this understanding that not everybody feels that way and that people can experience gender in a lot of different ways, that helps all kids to be more accepting and more tolerant and just 
um, kind of uh, makes the world a more welcoming place for all of our kids. Yeah, I think a lot of, you know, whether it's for children or, you know, even as adults, people kind of confuse the the topic of gender identity with sexuality also. And then they don't, and then they don't, that's something that they don't want to, to, uh, talk about with kids. And I feel like, no, you're, you're just given information about who this person is. There'll be people like, let kids be kids, you know, don't, you know, don't try to force, you know, anything about gender identity and sexuality on your kid, just let them be kids, you know, but gender identity and sexuality are different things, you know, and yeah, they're different conversations. Well, it's funny because if somebody says, let kids be kids, I truly agree. I mean, we're, (laughs) yeah, we as adults, if we are confusing gender with sexuality, again, we're, we're bringing our own confusion and our own baggage about gender to the conversation that really is not about sexuality. My kid is eight years old. She's not sexual. She is, <laughs> she is a child. Um, so yeah, one of the first pieces of learning that I, I received when I first started to try to understand what was going on was just that, that gender and gender identity and gender expression are separate from sexuality. So, um, you know, uh, I think that that is a really important distinction and I appreciate you bringing it up because I definitely, with my daughter, some of the only, um, more negative feedback I got from other parents, um, like at the school and such was that some parents would say, well, I think they're really too young, which was, I think indicating that they did equate it with sexuality, because when you think about gender, if we think they're too young to think about gender, (laughs) then that makes absolutely no sense just how we socialize our kids. I mean, we're we're forcing gender norms on our kids from the time they're even still in utero most of the time. You know, we're picking out, you know, pink versus blue and trucks versus dolls. And we're doing all of this stuff from from the time they're born and sometimes even before. So, um, no, they're not too young to think about gender. They're not too young to know how they feel inside. Um, and, and that is something that I think we can all do a better job as adults in just listening to our kids. Um, and, and yes, not forcing anything on them, just letting them be who they are is perfect. And another thing that I, I really appreciate that you, you know, bring out when you're talking about this and in your stories is in regards to the term of, you know, socially transitioning, meaning like that you, this is something that you're just, you know, identifying with, you know, and as kids, you know, they don't go through the surgeries or whatnot and the hormone stuff and everything. But I feel like it's a important thing to say, yeah, I can identify with this but at the same time I don't necessarily have to change anything about me unless I want to do that and still identify with this particular gender yes absolutely absolutely I mean um that is that's another misconception um that's out there I think that that 
parents are having their children like operated on or that, you know, young children are taking hormones or something. And, um, that's not, that's not done. Um, but yeah, just that, just that. And, and as my daughter has socially transitioned, I'm, I'm a pretty passive player in that, right? Like I'm basically just saying yes. Okay. To what she wants in that situation. Like it's not, it's, there's very little to be done outside of, um, showing acceptance and, and validation. So, you know, it, some, it, you know, it involves sometimes getting a different, (laughs) different wardrobe or, (laughs) you know, sometimes like picking out different shoes or, you know, or sometimes it doesn't, I mean, there's, there's kids who express themselves in all different ways. Um, and, uh, yes, exactly right. That, that our kids, they are socially transitioning. They're not medically transitioning. And, um, I think I, I read somewhere that even, um, as trans youth sort of move into adulthood, um, more and more trans people are choosing not to necessarily have surgery. Um, because, you know, there's some, we're beginning to have some understanding of how, a lot of the dysphoria, the gender dysphoria that trans people experience comes from, you know, us as cisgender people saying, you know, from the time kids are really little, you have this body because you are a boy or you have that body because you are a girl. Right. And really equating our bodies with our gender And when we kind of move away from that and we're more understanding that there's all different bodies and there's all different ways to identify um, in terms of gender, there's a lot less um, mental and emotional strain on trans kids because we're we're not we're not saying your body is wrong. We're just saying this is your body and this is your gender and you're great. (laughs) You're doing fine, you know. Um, so I think that's a big, important distinction as well. Yeah, because when it comes down to it, you know, everybody has a certain amount of female qualities, you would say, and male qualities within them. Doesn't matter, you know, how they were born, how they were, how they identify. A lot of that stuff exists and we, you know, to too often equate like you know what our anatomy is with what we actually feel so i'm glad that these 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 discussions are becoming more and more prevalent and people are starting to understand you know what's what's available for people to really truly understand themselves yeah definitely i think um like the two biggest shifts in my thinking that have been helpful have been the first one being that, you know, our bodies don't define our gender identity. Um, and then the second one being that gender is non-binary, right? So like there's more than just boy and girl. And I think um, a lot there's as as our society is becoming more accepted accepting of trans identities, we're also um, beginning to have more understanding around what it means to be non-binary and identify as non-binary. There's obviously a long way to go, but um, those, those kinds of identities are um, 
they're they're much more common than we have acknowledged in the past. Yeah. Um, and I just think I I'm so grateful for everybody who's having more conversations about this now because um, I think that there's a lot of ways that our society, like even as you said, um, you know, that everybody has male qualities and female qualities in them. And I think that you're exactly right. And I also think it's so interesting to think about like, what do we consider a male quality? Like, what do we consider a female quality or like when, why do we need to necessarily even define certain qualities as being one or the other, or, you know, I mean, it's just a, it's a really interesting and complex topic. Um, and, and the more, the more you kind of learn about it and think about it, the more you realize how almost funny it is (laughs) that we try to fit humans into one or the other (laughs) based on like very specific rigid concepts um so yeah it's been a really enjoyable experience for me just learning more about this right and one of the reasons why I really was really struck by your story and how you how you told it on Alison Rosen's uh, podcast was that for for a long time, like I can't remember, you know, how I felt when I was a kid, but I know during my adult life, a lot of times I was really struggling with my own, you know, sexuality and how I how I felt about things, and so over the past like decade or so, I've like observed, I've questioned, I've researched, I've and. Recently, and it definitely was sparked by uh, listening to you, I decided that, you know, after all these years, you know, I definitely want to identify myself as, you know, you know, both, you know, gender queer and sexual, sexually queer, because while I, while I do prefer to um, date women, I feel like that's not exactly who I am. And I feel like just from an identity, uh, you know, gender identity uh, perspective, I'm I feel like I'm in that uh, non-binary sort of area where I don't, you know, there's, you know, there's totally ways that I'm like a total dude. But then there's like other times where I feel like I'm totally girly, you know, so Mm -hmm. so I, you know, I didn't feel like I was any of the like specific, you know, sexualities or gender you know I'm not gay or bi or pansexual or anything but I you know I like these terms like non-binary or queer so that's what really like your 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 explanation and everything finally like sort of I felt like was that last piece of the puzzle I needed to be like you know what it's kind of clicking in my head now exactly you know who I am because 10, 15 years ago, there wasn't any discussions about things. It was just like, it was a black and white issue. Either you were, right. you were gay or you weren't, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. and and your gender identity was like, that was a totally even more confusing thing for people. So that was like the reason why I really, you know, wanted to talk with you is because the way you brought it out there was really clicked in my head. Wow. I, I'm like, honestly, I don't even, I I, I don't even know um, what to say other than I'm really, really, um, I guess just 
touched by that and hearing that um, and really grateful to um, to have that like that you're sharing that with me. I, have you have you shared that on your podcast before? I've um, I've kind of talked about it a little bit, but I did have another um, episode recently where we talked about it also. Um, I'm not sure which episode is going to come first or whatever mm-hmm. at this point. But yeah, I've talked about it first. I'm still kind of like in the process of telling people right now. But yeah. pr- but by the time this comes out, like I will like I want to be more public with it. But everybody that I've mm-hmm. talked to about it, like um, all my close friends, they're, you know, it's they're like super cool with it. And and it's great. So it just like. But I'm still there's still a few other people I want to talk to before I like just do a public thing about it. But even then, it was just like what I was kind of mentioning before with things. This is how I feel like this is how I always felt. I didn't understand what it was. And when it comes down to it, it isn't me. I'm not really changing anything, you know, about Mm -mm, who I am. I'm just I'm adding to my life. I'm uh, like I'm finding that I'm I'm letting myself explore myself a little bit more. And that was something that you um I think you mentioned in the book, like and also just in talking about your daughters, like you're not losing somebody, you're you're gaining somebody. Absolutely. I think and I think the also the way you said it just now where nothing has changed. You're still you. It's just it's almost like um it's almost like we're just uh we're just like this is going to sound so cheesy. I wish I had a better way to say it, but we're just like loving ourselves. <laughs> like right. we are, we're still ourselves, but we're like loving who that is and like acknowledging who that is and that that person matters. Like this is not exactly the same thing, but I just, I recently, and I think it really comes from my experience with my daughter. I recently started being more deliberate about my clothing choices on a daily basis. And what the difference was is that previously a lot of the clothes I was wearing did not make me feel good and did not like make me feel like myself, but they were what I thought made me look presentable to the world as a mom. (laughs) Yeah. And they were fine. They were totally fine. And whenever they bothered, whenever the clothes bothered me or didn't make me feel good, I just didn't really honor that. I didn't really listen to that because I was like, well, what else am I going to do? You know, and I recently realized like, oh, this is this is something about my expression of self. Like this is something about this is not just about this is not about me being frivolous or like wanting to like get more into fashion or something. This is me trying to feel like the person I'm presenting to the world is me that I'm being myself in in the world. And it's such a big difference. Like it's such a good feeling to show up in the world as yourself versus just kind of knowing who you are, but not really living that way. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, uh, a misconception that people have is that if they come out in any whatever way they're coming out, that they have to, you know, sort of go towards their norms. You know, if you're gay, you have to, I don't know, flame it out or whatever and be very um, be very out there with your clothing or whatever. And yeah, no, you can. I'm still going to wear hoodies and, you know, 
slightly baggy jeans and stuff like that. You know, this, you know, what I'm feeling isn't going to change me. But so that's another thing I feel like, you know, is is a great thing to talk about is that you don't need to change how you look just because you're uh, you're you're coming out with a, you know, a certain identity. But you, you need to. But at the same time, you know, do what makes you feel comfortable to align with what you feel like what your identity is. Totally. And I, I mean, I think that that idea that just because you're gay, you're going to need to look this certain way also comes straight from the like rigid cisgender heteronormative like society that totally we live is. in because it's this it's this idea that like this is this that is that if you're gay you're this if you have this kind of body you're that it's like it's this weird thing that we have set up that I mean I understand why as humans we want to have categories <laughs> like I get that I get that our brains do that right but but it's just interesting. It's just so much like our lives are so much better when we can just let go of some of that stuff and say like, hey, everybody's everybody's going to do this like their own way. And there are so many different ways. I mean, I, my favorite part of the book is saying there are a never ending number of ways to be yourself in the world. Yeah. And there are way too many ways of being for me to fit in a book, you know. Um, so once I think like once we, once we start thinking that way, um, it just feels a lot more free. Have you had any other adults, you know, come to you and, and say that your story, you know, help them in, in, in ways personally for themselves, not, not, not exactly for their kids, but for them? Yes, I have. Um, I absolutely have. Um, I have heard from other adults who have connected with their non-binary identity um, after reading the book, like kind of similar to the way you shared that it was something that was going on for them, They, but it really like solidified and clarified after reading the book. Um, and I've also heard from more often, I've heard from trans adults who have said that reading the book as an adult, um, has really just, um, I guess been a validating experience, but also in a way, uh, I think sort of a bittersweet experience because a lot of trans adults have told me that they wish they had a book like my book when they were younger, um, because it would have saved them a lot of pain in, um, trying to process what they were feeling. Right. Before we get out of here, cause I know you're short on time. I also wanted to talk to you about, um, your podcast, one bad mother that you do with a uh, biz Ellis. I love this podcast. It's so, it's just so hilarious about, about motherhood. And I'm like, I don't have kids of my own. I don't know if I ever will, if I'm even interested in that, but it's, I can still appreciate, you know, what you're talking about because I have friends who, who are, um, you know, parents and a lot of the things that you will like joke about and stuff like that will be, um, well, things I hear from my friends, but then there's just things that you talk about as, as mothers that I'm like, 
I even uh, connect with as just a, you know, a person. And it's just done in such a, a very funny and directly, just direct way. So like, just talk about uh, the podcast for a minute. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, so my friend Biz Ellis and I have been making this show for over six years and it's so much fun and it's kind of interesting, I guess, how it has evolved. So we started out just wanting to make a funny show for moms, uh, because we didn't feel like parenting experts at the time. We each just had one child and we're thinking about having a second child. Now she has two kids and I have three. Um, so we've really like been raising our kids and growing our families, um, on this podcast and it's a weekly podcast. Um, for over six years. But the way the show has evolved, we definitely always try to laugh about things. We always try to be non-judgmental. Um, but I think as time has gone on, we've really focused more and more on like our own mental health as moms. Yeah. Um, and we really, I, I think that has become such a focal point because I think mental health is just a huge issue for moms and for all parents, yeah. um, in our country. I think it's just a totally overlooked area that maybe is starting to be looked at a little bit more. There's a lot of other shows who are beginning to cover this. I've recently gotten really into, um, the double shift podcast. Um, from the Critical Frequency uh, Podcast Network as well, um, hosted by Catherine Goldstein, who was a recent guest on our show. Um, but basically, yeah, we just try to try to focus on ourselves and our kind of like personal failings, um, <laughs> right. but also but also try to create a place where parents and all and all people and we have like babysitters who listen we also you are not alone in being a non-parent listening to the show we definitely hear yeah. from non-parents who enjoy the show um or people on the fence about having kids um and it's just really we try to build a community of support and understanding and just a place where people can feel that they're not alone if they're having a hard time and like that it's okay to love your kids and be like kind of hating life at the same time <laughs> yeah. and kind of like juggling those emotions all at once. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a huge part of my parenting life. Right. Like one of the, one of my favorite things is like, you'll have like, um, voicemail messages of someone who just crying and being like, this shit sucks. Oh my God, yeah. I'm horrible. Like this sucks. <laughs> and it just like, yeah. and you got to understand that, like, that's how mothers feel, you know? And for yes. a long time, they, women who were very much not allowed to have those, you know, those say those things out loud, like, yeah, this yes. shit sucks. I love my kid, but this sucks. Or I did this. Yes. I act, I something broke. I accidentally did this horrible thing, but fuck it, it happened. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's what I love about the the podcast. It's just like yeah, these things. Every all mothers are going through this stuff. You can just say fuck it, and it will and and deal with it. And it's okay to say that you hate life and hate the way all this shit is going because that's how it is. That's what motherhood is about. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you you have to say fuck it sometimes as a parent. Like, that's a big part of our show is, like, 
trying to combat the perfectionism of our culture around parenting, it's just not possible. And I think a lot of it makes parents feel worse because there's no way to be perfect. And then you're not supposed to talk about it when it isn't going perfectly. And so then you, you're quiet when it's not going perfectly, which makes you feel alone. So nobody's sharing their failures and then everybody's feeling secretly bad. And then that makes you a way worse parent. So we definitely try to focus on everybody's trying their best. Like we can't be perfect, but like, try. like, right. d- like love, like definitely try. Like, we're not saying like, Oh, who cares? Like just, you know, go like get drunk in the bathroom. Like, no, we like want everyone. Like we're all about supporting our kids, loving our kids, doing the best we can and like forgiving ourselves for when we're not perfect. Right, right. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And before we get out of here, I always um, like to ask the same question at the end of my uh, interviews as much as I can. And that that uh, question is, who is somebody that's been a part of you know your life or career, uh, someone you would suggest that I have on this podcast that would have some great stories and lessons to talk about? Sure. I mean, I can think of so many people, um, but somebody who's fresh in my mind right now, because I just finished reading her book, it's called Motherhood So White. It's by Nefertiti Austin. Okay. Um, and she has been a past guest on my show, and she's always a great guest. Um, her book is wonderful. It's a memoir about being a black single mother in America and um, about adopting two black foster children. Um, And she just has a really interesting story. She's had a really interesting life and journey. And, um, you know, her book also talks about the sheer lack of parenting books for anybody who is not a white woman. Um, and so on one bad mother, we definitely try to biz and I are both white women and we're both straight and cisgender and married. And we really, we really are aware of how very limiting that is and how not representative we are of all parents. And so we try to have diverse voices on the show as much as possible, but the book publishing industry really needs to do a better job of that. And um, Nefertiti's book is so awesome. I'm so glad it just came out. Um, it's called Motherhood So White, and I think she would be a great guest on your show. Oh, that sounds sounds like sounds like a fantastic guest. Yeah, uh, thank you for uh, you know being on the the podcast. Like I said, you know, thank you for your you know your words on Allison Rosen's podcast. It really helped me with figuring out you know, who I am, you put it down in such a eloquent and simple way that it finally just, it was that last piece of the puzzle that I needed, you know, to, to sort of understand who I was. That's amazing to hear. Thank you so much for telling me. (laughs) No problem. Where can people go online to get more information about what you're up to about one bad mother and about your book? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I have a website, TeresaThorne.com. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, at Teresa Thorne. Um, One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts, so you can go to MaximumFun.org, or you can just search for One Bad Mother anywhere you get your podcasts. 
Um, we're also on Instagram at one bad mothers with an S and I think that's all the internet stuff. Hey, yo, thank you for listening to this episode of fresh is the word hosted and produced by myself, Kelly K fresh Frazier empowered by anchor at anchor.fm slash fresh of the word intro theme music by Foulmouth, shimmy bango and Knox money. Fresh of the word is available on all major streaming platforms. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you want to support Fresh of the Word, please consider pledging via Patreon at patreon.com slash fresh of the word. Follow Fresh of the Word on social media on Twitter at Fresh of the Pod, on Instagram at Fresh of the Word Podcast, and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fresh the word. For more information about Fresh of the Word and our other podcasts, Breaking Records and Renaissance Soul, and a collection of pop culture articles and reviews, please visit freshofthepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and your support. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.